Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris and today's co-host, Sebastian and Ben. We don't claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans of the play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. And have we done that this year? This is our one-year anniversary episode, gentlemen. We did it. We survived a year. I did mean, we Did we survive it intact, though? That's the question. Yeah, a little I mean, bit of this, a te- little bit of that. Technically, no. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he might have died. I don't haven't heard from him in quite a while, so maybe we didn't finish it intact. I mean, Seabass, have you seen Chris in person in a while? For all we know, he could be an undead ghoul. I mean, I haven't seen him since the summer, so yeah. it's it's been a while. That that is true. You haven't seen me actually. You haven't seen me since the summer, and I don't think Ben has actually seen me since the winter. And, and I noticed back then you were suspiciously afraid of seeing the sunlight. So, again, my undead ghoul is possible. <laughs> well, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But, uh, you know, it's a, we've been at this now for a year, gents. And it's it's been an interesting year. We have now reached the 4,000 download mark with the wow. Sunday morning coffee episode this weekend so big thanks to all of our listeners there and and we've done like i think we did an episode like 50 one at 100 and stuff like that so we're not going to rehash all these big moments but things we didn't talk about on those episodes just kind of see what you guys think of it but obviously the united states and canada are where the bulk of our downloads come from number one and number two mm-hmm. you have any guesses as to the other countries that round out the top 10 I heard hockey's pretty big in Italy, so maybe Italy. Okay. Just kidding, it's a joke. It's hockey's okay there, but there's there's been a couple Italian players, right, in the NHL before. No? Okay. Well, I'm I made that to think. up. I mean, you yeah. might be, you might be right. <laughs> yeah. That's just that stumped me. <laughs> there's there's enough people of Italian descent, at least, you know. Like I think of like uh, Todd Bertuzzi. All right. I, so so Sebas, is I mean, your guess Italy? Gonna, uh, no, I I honestly, oh. I don't know. Russia's pretty hockey crazy, and we're kind of not well in the head either. So I feel like Russia would love us. I, I honestly, dude, my other podcast, I get really unpredictable countries that tune in. So I'm actually gonna say Jordan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I know we've definitely gotten downloads, which is weird. So you mentioned Russia. I know I get downloads from Russia because I'll see like St. Petersburg and other places around Russia I can't pronounce pop up. But for whatever reason, I don't get Russian numbers reported on the podcast. I don't know what that's about. I have no idea. So they're not actually popping up in the top 10, but I have seen downloads come from Russia. But really, at number 10 is Japan. Okay. Right? Okay. At number nine is Sweden. At eight, mm-hmm. Finland. At seven, uh, Germany. Ooh. At number six, the United Kingdom. At number five, India. Oh. Okay. Yeah. At number four, Denmark. I think it helps that I'm here. And at number three, France. I, I, I get some French uh, listeners in my other podcast, too. So to the, the French listeners out there, merci beaucoup. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and to the French listeners out there, I really apologize for that French. What, what I just said? Yeah. What I said. Uh, what's, what's wrong with what I said? I, no, I mean, I'm not, not just not just there. I'm just talking about like, the full year of French that we've had so far. Uh, <laughs> fair, uh, it hasn't, fair, been, fair. hasn't been great, but hey, it is what it is. Hey, I'd honestly, like, listen, French, uh, the, the French listeners here, I'm fully bilingual, and I would rather just listen to these guys hack up French names. So if you'd like me to fix them, let me know. But honestly, I think it's more fun when we just let them have it. So, so Seabass, is your French, is it Quebecois French or like Parisian French? 
No, it's like Quebecois French, but I could put on like a Parisian accent if I really needed to to really show that I'm proper French. So the reason I mentioned, I brought this up before, my mom speaks Quebecois French because she grew up in Canada, and my mother-in-law speaks Haitian French. So if I have a bad accent, I'm going to say that's why. Oh, and honestly, like the, the French language, like I still remember in high school, um, apparently I wasn't good enough a student to be part of the exchange program, but our, our, our French class had an exchange program where like 10 students went to France and then 10 students from France came here after. And I just remember trying to have a conversation with them, people being like, how do you not understand them? So I'm like, the words they're saying to me aren't real words. Like, literally, I'm like, uh-huh, like, yep, sure. And they're like, I'm trying to have a conversation. I'm like, I no, couldn't do it. So, so with that, Chris, what's number two? Oh, Canada. Canada's no, oh, because the U.S. and Canada are so, uh, yeah. and deux. Okay. Yeah, they uh they definitely take up the bulk of our of our downloads and our listeners. So we do appreciate all of those listeners from wherever they're from, because there's plenty of countries I've seen pop up here that didn't didn't crack the top ten. But we definitely have listeners from all over. I, I can even see. I know that we've had them in the Philippines and. And everywhere. So we do appreciate every listener from wherever they're at because, yeah, we've had a, a definitely a better year than I was expecting because, like I said, we've gone over now 4,000 with the Sunday Morning Coffee series this past week. And I truthfully, when I started this, I was just hoping I'd get 500 downloads in the first year, truthfully. I'm like, if at least one person a day downloads a podcast, cool. It's been an interesting year. Before I get into what the top 10 episodes of the year were, what were some of your favorites? I mean, to be honest, I, I kind of loathe them all. Wow, you're I just mean, a... You're just, <laughs> a spot. <laughs> just kidding, Chris. Just kidding. See, Bass, what, what about you? I, I know. I just like to be a troll to you, Chris. But but anyway. Appreciate you. Oh, geez, I don't know. I mean, I honestly I would say the most memorable. I don't know if it's my most favorite because it literally took six hours to record. But uh, maybe the the NHL jerseys uh, when we had uh, you know special guest Darren on, and and it took literally an entire day to uh, to rank jerseys. We went through different uh, technical malfunctions and all kinds of fun, and uh, it was kind of the first time that we uh, had two people in one place recording, and so it was. Uh, it was different, but uh, I think that was my most memorable. As far as favorite, I don't know. I, I kind of, like I said, enjoy coming on talking all the time. So I don't know if I have like a, a top favorite, but that one was definitely the most memorable just because of the time it took to just record that episode. So when you rip through it in an hour, know that it took us like six to seven times longer than the, what, <laughs> what you took to listen to that. Dude, I, I love those Jersey episodes. Like I really have been opened up to just a ton of new teams just by even doing that. But man, the artwork and the colors – I didn't know this was going to be a fashion podcast when we started, but uh, I really enjoyed all of that. Yeah. I also think, Chris, we had some really fun interviews of the Ogden kids. I just remember, like, I still have this dream. Is it the Village Inn that I need to go to for their overwhelming breakfast? Yes, yes. Because you were, I, I can't remember if it was Jack or Stanford. I don't, it was definitely not Tucker. It was Jack or Stanford that when they mentioned Village Inn, I think you had an episode on the episode. I did, yeah. Also, I'm usually starving when we're talking because of the time differences. It's always like delaying my food. So, so I feel like I was in a haze of like hangriness, maybe not anger, but like hungriness anyway. So I was just like, you could probably hear me salivating on the, on the microphone. I'm sure that was great radio for people listening, but I had a lot of fun doing it anyway. It has been, it's been great talking to the players. We've talked to a bunch of players uh, so far, and I'm convinced at this point it was Stanford. I'm going to have to go back and listen to the episode because I want to say it was Jack that talked about the, uh, the, the burrito place. 
And I think it was Stanford that brought up the village in. So uh, not this 100% is torture true. right now. I haven't so, eaten it. Oh my t- god. Talking about torture, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm putting I'm, I'm putting this out there, and I know this could put people on the spot, and people are getting uncomfortable, and this is why I'm asking it. But uh, in no particular order, top two favorite interviews you've done on the podcast so far. No particular order. I won't make you rank one and two, but I will make you rank two. Chris, do you have yours in mind? I like talking to the players, man. I would say number one and number two, like I said, a one A and a one B, right? Where yeah, there's no, there's no, it's, I'm just, just pick two. And those are the two off top of your head. As soon as I asked that, that came to your mind. Honestly, I like talking to the kids. I think for me, I think Jack would be the, the best uh, one so far because he was the first player actually interviewed. I said, for for so many reasons, we're on the back of his jersey this year. He was the first player we ever interviewed. Uh, you know, he was, you know, doing a little bit of chirping at the game as he'd leave the ice. So I never picked up his number the first couple games. So I couldn't figure out who it was. And he reached out. Um, and uh, yeah, so, I mean, I would easily say because he was our first interview and we probably went way too long on that interview as well. We've learned to trim him down. I'd say definitely Jack was the most memorable because it was the first one. But yeah, and uh, again, this isn't like throwing shade at any other interviews. This is just literally that, that one that comes to your mind. It could be for like a load anything like I. Like to, to me, like, I I love the Jack one. I I have a memory of obviously you know my first player that we did you know in in Brad Mitchell just because he was so nervous and texted me literally the entire day oh, basically oh. on the minute before he went on. So I remember that one because I just laughed. I was like, dude, just chill, like have fun. And, and honestly, just like you said, like I I think I my most memorable for me though I think would probably be Jack. That was my first player interview. And uh, just, you know, the energy he brought, but just kind of like what you said, Chris, you know, everyone who we've interviewed has honestly been a blast. And, and there's a reason why we air, you know, we put these out there. If we had an interview that was God awful, I don't think we'd ever air it. You know what I mean? So everyone yeah. who's been part of this, first of all, thank you. Uh, we appreciate the hell out of all of you. And, and if I said hell, and I apologize if that offends it, we appreciate the heck out of all of you. Um, How dare you? I know. I, I want to cover all my bases. Hell for the people that are like, yeah, hell yeah, he said that. And heck for the guys that are like, mm, don't be saying hell. So, you know, I, I think from well, all three of us and, and Steve, who uh, is still alive, I was just joking, everybody, please don't get mad. Steve is still alive. Thank you for, you know, for, for agreeing to jump on and being part of year one. Yeah, I would say because, I mean, Stanford was awesome to talk to. Tucker was awesome to talk to. Bradley was awesome to talk to. We, we've interviewed like Nick Dreyer, the assistant coach. We've interviewed Matt Couvret, the owner and GM of the Empire Packers. We interviewed Marlon Mueller of Neutrozone. Shoot, man, we've interviewed Brendan out of Northern Colorado. And we had uh, Brian Erickson out of Northeast Generals. And then, uh, yeah, Tristan out of the Rum River Mallards. We've just had some great, great interviews this year. I would say that if you're making me pick a top two, I would go right back to Bradley because he was the first goalie and so far the only goalie we've interviewed on this thing. And I couldn't have been any more jealous of the fact that he gets to, as a part-time gig, jump on the ice with the Ottawa Senators and take shots. My bad. I thought you were going to say be coached by me. My bad. Oh, Oh, no, no, no. I, I, you know, I, I, I pity the fool. But, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but no, yeah, I, like, it was really cool to talk to him. I think I think what I really get from both of you guys is how much fun we had interviewing everybody. And I'll echo everything you said about the players. I think, Chris, the, the interviews I did with you were most of the, the Ogden guys. And what really struck me is, you know, not really being around young professional athletes ever because, you know, you guys have met me. I'm not very athletic. Just how professional and I would say classy and self-aware they were. You know, for somebody that age who's that disciplined and devoted to the sport, I just really 
really impressed me, and I was not expecting that, like, given kind of where I was at their age. But I do think my favorite interview was was Brendan, our announcer friend, just because he had a, a so much passion for what he was doing, and we had a fun little improv thing on the side there. Yeah. Uh, really, really enjoyed talking to him. So hopefully we get to bring him back sometime too. Yeah, it would, yeah, it would be great to bring him back on. Yeah, and, and like both of you said, like I think all of them, all of them are really great. Um, obviously, like top two, like for me, I think you know just Jack, just because it was just, I don't know, it's kind of it reminds me like you know the kids, you know that I coach here, you know you're able to kind of not throw a jab, but throw a jab at them and you know have it come back and have a little fun there. And, and like I said, Brad, because that was kind of my first player that I coached, and um, it was just funny seeing how nervous he was, especially when he kind of get to meet us kind of off the podcast even just our chats before like we're like obviously we're we're, we're all professionals but at the end of the day we're zero percent professional when it comes to, you know we're just joking around having fun so i think he was so nervous about coming on but i think he chris you know are off the bat you know being a goalie and all that made him feel comfortable and you know we kind of really made everyone i feel i think we've made everyone kind of feel comfortable because we've had conversations that you know we were like okay this will be like a 20 minute interview and next thing you know we're 45 minutes deep and we're not even halfway down our questions so yeah to, to me those are my top two just because you know one is you know one of my own players so it was fun to kind of get to know him a little more off the ice and then captain jack just because it was such such a fun interview but at the end of the day i think everyone was everyone was great we had we had a blast and you know kind of made connections with everyone we've interviewed and you know some friendships along the way like that too so it, it's been a fun year and i'm honestly really looking forward to what uh, year two is going to bring for interviews yeah because coach seabass here our co-host was actually an interview you were an yeah, interview that's true way back when yeah and now you're now you're here as a co-host and steve we'll make fun about him being dead here but he's been such a he's dead inside let's let's say that because he's his work schedule. <laughs> steve wow. buddy i know you're probably hearing this but his work schedule is insane and it just it took over his life he'll come back on periodically between podcasts and stuff but i would call i guess season two even though we're not going to do seasons on this podcast the listeners should be ready for a potential new co-host here who should be jumping on here in the next couple weeks and we're very excited to have her on, and uh, and it'll be great to, to kind of disperse some of the co-host duties and invite her on. But maybe listen out for next week's Sunday morning coffee. Is this your subtle way of telling Seabass and I that we're fired? Fired. <laughs> hey, yeah, just check your mail on Monday. It'll be a pink slip. You're good. Thanks for coming. Congratulations, Jim. Uh, still won't be. Because <laughs> oh, I always make fun of you, isn't it? It, it? it does hurt a little. You know what? I don't have any regrets. You deserve it. No regrets? No. No regrets. I want that tattoo now, seriously. Yeah, I I got it. It says no regrets. No regrets. Yeah, I I spelled wrong. But no, our our interviewees have definitely been a a favorite of ours and a favorite of our listeners. And the top 10 episodes, are you ready? Uh, Yes, now I'm ready. There you go. I, I know you had a mental prepare for that. So number 10, weirdly enough, was... A very, very recent episode where we talked about billeting and the return of the Ogden Mustangs. That was episode 153. Actually, is a top 10 ranked episode. People really liked hearing about the billet families and what that means to the hockey community. And people are just, think, really excited to see hockey return. That, that's honestly surprising, but hey, it's good. Yeah, the episode did really, really well, and it launched itself into a surprising top 10. At number nine, even a more recent episode... Yeah, these last couple of episodes have done really well. Me and Sebastian sat down and we analyzed the USPHL's Mountain Division, ranked ninth overall. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
And now we move into how popular interviews have been. So at number eight, we, we totally bypassed Stefan. Sorry, buddy. But Stefan Bell, the broadcaster for the Ogden Mustangs, episode 93, officially ranked the eighth overall episode in Pigeon Hockey. Yeah, that was that was actually a great episode. I'm not great episode. that one at all. Yep. Yeah. At number seven, we have episode 54, which was a, I guess it wasn't really an interview. It was like a follow-up interview with Matt Couvret. It was NHL Talk with Matt Couvret where we just, I don't think it was you, Seabass. I think it was Steve and I just talking NHL hockey with Matt. And that one did really well. Seventh overall. All right. That's good. At number six. We had episode 32, an unknown weird assistant coach in the EOJHL with a coach Sebastian Lamarch. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, but you got the number wrong. I think that was number one, but it is what it is. I get it. <laughs> now we talk about the top five, the top five episodes of Pigeonal Hockey in its first season. At number five, I will just say, and I won't say who this way, they can debate forever who it is. At number five, an Ogden Mustangs player interview episode was ranked number five. Okay. And I won't say who, because we've had a few of them on, and two of them ranked in the top five. So, and number five was an Ogden Mustangs player interview. And number four was another interview series. This one was the actual initial interview we did with the owner and GM of the Empire Packers in the EOJHL, Matt Couvret. That one ranked number four overall. Then at number three, it was the interview with the head coach, of the Rum River Mallards, Tristan Jensen. Yep, that was a good one, too. I, I Actually, it was one of my favorites, actually. Now that I think about it and we talk about interviews, that was one of my favorites. Maybe I, I pigeonholed myself trying to say, uh, haha, get that boom, boom, get uh, pigeonholed in there. But I think I pigeonholed my host, but I said, go and talk to you. I should have said top five for myself for the interviews. There was a lot of good interviews, and that, this was one of the good ones, too. It was, and another interview at number two, the interview with the Nulls, Northeast Generals, the head coach and president of Hawk Operations, Brian Erickson. Second overall. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, took a, a wild path to get to hockey, and pretty cool to hear about. You know, I remember his his dad's hockey school and all that. So that was that was a really cool one too. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was really awesome. And at number one, another player with the Ogden Mustangs was the number one overall downloaded most popular episode. So they get to debate who was number one, who was number five, and who didn't make the top ten. But, but we secretly know, one. right? I know who was one in five. I could obviously just go through and figure out who the other one was. But uh, I know the other one just missed out and got bumped off the top ten list in the last uh-huh. couple months. But but yeah, so the Ogden Mustang player interviews were one in five. The coaches at second, third, the owner at fourth, another coach there at six. It was interesting season, and people really liked the interview. So, you know, we'll try to knock out a bunch more this year. People seem to really like them. Uh, you get to learn more about the person, what got them into hockey, and we tend to try to have fun with those episodes as well and just ask some uh, off-the-wall questions. And I think I would say, Ben, you're pretty good at those completely off-the-wall questions. I don't know what you're talking about, Chris. Hey, speaking of which, what's Mercury and Retrograde doing to you? <laughs> I heard Mercury and Smetchmit, so I said that's, no, those, that's not a real thing. Retrograde. Mercury and Retrograde. It's an astrology thing right now. Everybody's blaming it on their bad fortune. Oh, no, that's just. That's just uh, climate change and people ignoring it. <laughs> but, but no, political, political. Oh, oh. So it's been a great first season so far. And the second half of this episode, we're actually going to be ranking the top 25 jerseys in North America or my personal ranking. If anyone followed it this summer, you probably already know what they ended up being. But we're going to go through them again anyways here to wrap up this episode. And before we do that, we're actually going to say bye bye to Coach Seabass as he's got to travel for a hockey game. 
Yes, sir. Getting ready to go here. So I'm going to go make myself look real pretty and put my suit on. And uh, and we'll talk about the game, I guess, next week. Yeah, I wanted to talk about your suit, but it was hard to see in uh, on the camera. So I just I just pretended like I could see your suit, but I really couldn't. Uh, don't worry, guys. I'll I'll post I'll pr- I'll post a picture right for you guys to see it tonight. If, Appreciate I'll, it. I'll do a fashion show. See, Bass, if I don't see at least three patterns, I'm going to be really disappointed. I need a, I need a uh, a pocket square tie and a shirt with all different patterns. Listen, I can't I can't do that to myself. I, I can't. I, no pocket squares. No pocket squares. Come on, guys. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez, guys. What's wrong with pocket this? squares, brother? Well, I mean, I'm not 70. Wow. I, I, it's, it's part of a thing in uh, most of the, the uh, games I watch, the, the NHL games, the announcers are always getting critiqued because, like, think about, like, Don Cherry. There's always, like, way too much clashing, bordering on tacky uh, pattern conflict. So, Seabass, I'm not surprised you're a much more fashionable guy who's going to have a, a matching and uh, cohesive outfit. Don't worry. It'll look real good. I'll send a picture to you guys. You guys will just be like, wow, this guy is looks great and then you realize it's me and be like holy just like putting lipstick on a pig (laughs) anyways fellas i'm gonna head out to this game here so i I appreciate and i I appreciate the entire year we've had together we need to do this this menage a trois that was even bad french for me menage a trois podcasting more often because i I enjoy the heck out of it but uh i will uh chat with you guys later sounds good all right fellas good luck au revoir bye all right, Ben, it's you and I, and we're going to go through the top 25 jerseys in North America. And this is from Junior A all the way to the NHL. And this is a completely biased list that I changed constantly throughout the summer. And I haven't, I don't think I've touched it since the summer. You know, we're not going to go into massive detail with any of these jerseys. People can look them up and check them out on Twitter over the season and such. and Or just Google them while you're, while you're going along here. But... I did ultimately come up with a top 60 list in North America for this podcast and posted them from June through August. And we're just going to go over the top 25. So we're going to go through what I think are the best jerseys in North America, Junior A through the National Hockey League. Are you ready for this, Ben? Can you handle it? I am I am so ready. I'm excited. I got to preview some of these. And Chris, you found some really nice jerseys. It's not hard. There are so many jerseys that even a top 60 list was hard to narrow it down because there are so many jerseys and the more you watch games and such there's jerseys that didn't make this list that i've seen now since on the ice with my hockey tv that i'm just like wow i totally should have ranked that jersey that thing is stunning like you see a picture of it you're like okay whatever it doesn't rank and then you see it on the ice you're like oh no 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 when you say the whole setup yep that should have ranked but bias list top 25 this summer based off the information i could find and this is what we're going to go to so we're going to start right in the bchl with the cranbrook bucks so this is a green and white jersey i love the logo it's just got the you know the side profile the buck i think it's simple yet classic and i just think it's the simplicity is what makes it sharp and stand out so well so, Chris, this is a cool one. I do think it's interesting, uh, like your uh, aesthetic senses, they go toward the simple, the classic. For me, there's a lot on this list which are a little louder, a little more avant-garde, if you will. Boy, do I sound pretentious right now. But this one's okay. I do like that in the B of the, of the Bucks, there's two hoof prints. I think that's a nice touch. You know what else? There's a stick in the neck of the uh, deer profile. You could analyze this. Honestly, when you look into these logos and these jerseys, you, you really see the, the finite details within within yeah. the logos. And honestly, I didn't even pick up on those. So well done. 
<laughs> that's actually really good. Oh, good. So I'm not fired from the show. No, you're still fired. Oh, oh, okay. Oh. Just hold on. All right. Well, okay. We'll have it. We'll have a talk. You know, 30 minutes before work is over. P- okay. Pink slip. Eh, All right. That's that's too yeah. old school. Wait a minute. Right. You 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 don't even pay me. No, I'm just gonna send you a text. Oh. Okay. Well, this is awkward. All right. Should we go to number 24? Yeah, number 24 and. I really wish Sebastian was on for this part of the episode because I'm just going to say out of the QMJHL, the Huskies. So I think it's Ruin Naranda Huskies. I love this jersey. I think this is one of the very, very few jerseys. In fact, I can't think of another jersey where I like a fade, but they do a red and black fade on this jersey spectacularly. Their black jersey is sharp. Their white jersey is sharp. It's got the Husky howling at the moon outside of like a circle crest. And even the one that doesn't even have the circle crest where it's just a Husky side profile. I think these are just the, the color scheme and the logo are just sharp. Yeah, I, I really like this one. I like that in the uh, the white jersey, which I guess is the away. They outline the, the logo in red, which makes it still kind of colorful and pop. Uh, I love the fade. I think the fade is cool, not just uh, how they got from from kind of red to black, but also the arms have a cool pattern on them. I like this. I would happily wear this if I was a uh, a homer for this team. Yeah, it's an absolute beauty. At number 23, we got the Alaska Anchorage Seawolves out of the NCAA. I think the green and the white of this jersey with the I, – I, I mean, what else can you say about this jersey? It's, it's a stunning jersey, and I think it completely embodies the region of Anchorage. Yeah, the, the kind of first people or indigenous art on it is super cool. And it kind of harkens back to what you see in the Vancouver logo and, and in different ways to the, the Phoenix Coyote logo, which I know, uh, or Arizona Coyote, you love so much, the Kachina. Um, obviously a different people, but still trying to represent like the heritage and culture of the region. Super cool. And I think it works really well with the with the colors. Yeah. So this is one, again, you're going to hear this a lot. Yeah, I'd wear that. Yeah, that's that's a lot of these. I definitely wear that. At number 22, we got out of the OJHL, the Milton Menace. The whites, the blacks, just a straight up black getup is just menacing. It's such a the hooded menace on the front. I think everything about this jersey is just sharp. You know, I, I like the, the logo a ton. I think that logo makes it in itself. You know what I mean? Like the jersey itself, if it had a different logo that was less cool, you'd be like, okay. You know, it's got I like that they have a little bit of gold or yellow to make the rest of it pop, which I think is cool. But the logo really sinks it for me. So uh, and the all black one is is pretty cool, too. That's a little menacing. (laughs) So so I'm into it. That said, Milton, also a town in the panhandle of Florida. When I first read this, I don't think I realized it was Ontario. And I was like, why would Milton, Florida have a hockey team? Uh, If you're from Milton, Florida, apologies to you, but I I don't really want to go back there. So uh, uh, and not, you know, anything wrong with it. Just uh, the mosquitoes and the the horse flies. We went on a little bit of a tangent there, but uh, nice jersey all around. And congratulations to not Milton, Florida. (laughs) I was literally I had to step away from the mic. I was laughing, man. It's it's a trip down memory lane, man. Look, I've lived in a lot of weird places. And I, the thing I remember about Milton, it's near Pensacola. We would go out there and you know get lost before they had Google Maps, and people would give you directions by the roadkill. Yeah, yeah, take a left at the the dead possum. So uh, that's when I saw this. I felt very menaced. But wow. now nah, Milton's Milton's fine. I'm sure everybody go to the Piggly Wiggly and uh, have a good time. Oh, you know what? That they had that Piggly Wiggly soda. I don't know. It was like cotton candy or something. That thing was awesome. Oh, that's anyway. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, <laughs> Milton Menace, awesome jersey. 
At number 21 out of the AHL, the Manitoba Moose. I love the color scheme. I love the logo. There's nothing to hate about this jersey. No, I, I like it too. I like a moose. Uh, I think people underestimate how dangerous the majestic moose is. They're very aggressive. And you can see in this logo, he's, he's a very thick with two C's moose. That's a big neck ready to, ready to charge and cause some damage. Other interesting thing, look at the, uh, the font of the Captain uh, Alternates A on the jersey. It's kind of an interesting touch. It's a, it's a different font. Yeah, it's looking sharp. And when I see this logo now, all I think is of the Thirsty Moose in Carlton Place. <laughs> so if you're in Carlton Place and you go to Thirsty Moose, the Manitoba Moose looks like almost almost a spitting image. I, I could be wrong. I'd have to look at the two side by side again, but it's it's pretty close. We're going to move into the top 20. Number 20 in the USPHL premiere, the Pueblo Bulls. Yes, one of the rivals of the Ogden Mustangs. But what a jersey. I love the the bright reds and the yellows and the blacks and the white contrast. I just think the, the bull logo is super sharp and the color scheme is just popping. It is cool. I really like jersey logos where they take a stylized image and then also put on top of it like a geometric or polygonal image. Polygonal? Polygonal. But in this case, so the outline of the bull forms a kind of uh, interesting shape, so it becomes very crisp. So you have like an organic looking bowl that's set into like a badge outline. And I think that's a very cool logo. Also that it mixes kind of the red and the black again with gold and yellow because you need a kind of a, a different color to make the other two colors pop. So uh, keep in mind, I have no art degree, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just reacting to how I see things as they come in. But I do like this one. No, it's, it's sharp. At number 19, we go back to the NCAA. It's Bodwin College Polar Bears. I think it's simple, but super sharp. It's the polar bear inside the circle, but the black and the white just look super sharp. You know, not my thing. A little too simple for me. This looks like a, a tattoo somebody would get on the back of their calf uh, because the polar bear is their spirit animal. And you ask them why, and they don't really have a good answer. Like, I don't know, bro. Just like when I'm catching the waves, like the polar bear feels like the animal. Like I'm like I'm surfing on an iceberg, you know, bro. And I'd be like, no, no, I don't. But, you know, pass the course banquet and I'll keep talking to you. <laughs> 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 that was a very specific image, but, but no, I completely disagree with you. I love it. I love the black and white. I think it's super sharp. At number 18, the brand new ECHL Iowa Heartlanders. Yes, I understand. Yes, another buck. But I love this logo. I think it's super sharp. Yes, the buck is looking the other way. I like the black and the yellow. I like the fact that they implemented the, the Iowa State flower on the shoulders. I just think it's super sharp, black and yellow and white. It's, it's hard to hate this one. So interestingly, you mentioned the the orientation of the buck in terms of left versus right. In cinematography and a lot of art, if a character is looking toward the left, that symbolizes that they're focused on the past. And if they're looking at the right, that symbolizes that they're focused on the future. So in this case, that that buck, he's looking toward the future and he's clearly angry enough that he's, he's ready to smite some future enemies. Um, but I actually do like this one. The other thing that's super cool about it, Chris, you didn't mention, the shoulder uh, design is, is some kind of cool pink flower, which I, I don't know what that's referencing, but it looks really cool. Yeah, so that's the Iowa State flower. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a state, state flower. Completely, obviously, it's a completely different color than the rest of the jersey, which really makes it pop on the shoulders, I just thought. A great way to implement there and honor the state. I think they did really good with that. And number 18, and I'm going to put an asterisk at this one now because 
This was before this team chose to go back to one of the most grotesque logos in history. At number 18 originally, and this will move, the old Arizona Coyotes from the last decade or so with the Howling Coyote. I love the red jerseys. I love the white jerseys. I love the the running Coyote black jersey. I personally despise the Kachina. I know you and Seabass love it. Love it. Absolutely I love can't it. stand it. And that jersey won't... That jersey cracks my top 10 worst ever jerseys. But this jersey yeah. that Arizona had this past season, I love these jerseys, and I, I still think they're super sharp, and I'm heartbroken that they're moving on from it. Wow, Chris. that's uh, I guess the Coyotes must have heard you criticizing the Kachina because they chose to give me a blue screen of death, and my laptop died, so now I'm on another computer. The dedication to the craft is much appreciated. So we're going to wrap the last, I guess, 17 up rather quickly, just in case there's another catastrophic failure. And uh, um, even though this is all live for you listeners, it's been a pretty significant gap in time <laughs> to get the, to get Ben back up here. So we want to get him on the way with the rest of his day. And my wife's angry because I'm supposed to be helping her cook. So let's move on quickly. Uh, number 17, the Saskatoon Blades out of the WHL. I like it. I uh, I like the colors. I like, I mean, the logos, I don't really know what it is, but the colors are cool. No, it's really old school, classic hockey. Uh, again, I, I love that style. I, I think the colors just pop. I think it's super sharp and yeah, not much to hate about it. No, I agree. No, it's a good looking jersey. And number 16 out of the NCAA, the Texas Longhorns. Yeah, so I used to live not too far from Austin where the Longhorns are based. And this is an interesting pick for me, Chris. Why'd you pick it? It's sharp. It's not a typical hockey jersey look. It's got that that Texas Longhorn orange with obviously their logo. It's simple yet very clean. Very clean hockey jersey. I, I, I could see that argument. I think this is another one where we disagree. For me, this is useful if you want to be a traffic cone or you want to jog at night. But otherwise, I'm, I'm not as huge a fan of this one. I love it. I think it's super sharp. At number 15, the NHL's Buffalo Sabres. Again, my love-hate relationship with my Buffalo Sabres right now is a real thing. So normally I'm very passionate about my team, but right now I'm just not liking what they're doing. That said, their jersey is still absolutely sick. And I loved their uh, retro reverse. I think their retro reverse was absolutely gorgeous. I really, uh, everything outside of the cow head, I've absolutely loved. I, I love the retro reverse. I agree with you. I think they did. They, it's, I don't even know how, because it's just like an addition of like a gray, Border at the bottom, the two sabers look great, so I love the retro reverse. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. At number 14 out of the National Mitaki League, or now the PHF, the Boston Pride. I hate putting a team in Boston on my list for any reason, but you can't deny just the, the just beauty of this jersey. I, I think so for me, whereas the, the Texas Longhorns, it was all one color. What the Boston Pride have done here, it's all one color, but with some subtle stripes and a, a logo, which is, again, you know, like just simple, but in its own way, fierce and kind of unique. I really like this one, too. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous jersey. And I, again, I hate giving props to any team out of Boston, but got to give credit where credit is due. At number 13, we enter the Null and the brand new Anchorage Wolverines. This is cool. I'm a little disappointed they didn't go for the bright yellow and blue of Wolverine, the Marvel character's costume circa 1993. That's a little bit of a failed opportunity for me. Joke, joke, joke. But no, this is a cool one. Yeah. No, I really like it. At number 12, we stay in the Null and we go to the Maryland Black Bears. I think they could. The only other thing that would make this jersey a top 10 jersey is if they put that circular crest on the yellow jersey. 
Yeah, I, I really like that the yellow jersey has the flag. I think a lot of Maryland teams incorporate that flag, which is just kind of cool and complex. I lived in Maryland for the past uh, couple years before coming out to California. So it's cool to see Maryland represented here. I really like the black one, too. My only thought, um, I've run into some black bears in Maryland, and they're pretty timid. So hopefully the team uh, won't emulate that in their play style. No, they're they're a pretty competitive team, and I think they went pretty deep into the playoffs last year. They weren't able to make the finals there, but they went pretty deep. At number 11, the NCAA's Clemson Tigers. Okay, so what's your reason for this one? Again, I, I like it's just a bold hockey colors for Clemson University. Again, you, you compare this one again with football, but I love what they do with this white jersey and the big paw print. I like the purple and the orange and the white contrast. I just think this school's colors on a hockey jersey are just gorgeous. I, I do like the purple and orange. I think it's cool because you don't really see it anywhere else in hockey that I'm aware of. Listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I don't like, I, I don't know, logo does, I wish it was outlined in a different color because it's outlined in white on the white jersey, which is a little boring. And there's no logo on the purple one, but I do like the colors. Yeah, I think they're sharp. And this will take us into the top 10. Yes, the top 10 jerseys in North American hockey. At number 10, we stay in the NCAA for the Boise State Broncos. I love the orange and the blue here. The Boise State logos on a, on a jersey are just sharp. Yeah, I think this is, for me, a better execution of Clemson in terms of the color scheme. Uh, the logo is okay. I wouldn't put this in my top 10, but I can definitely see why you like it. It's a sharp jersey. I think it's gorgeous. Now, to a state you've never heard of, we're going to enter number nine for the East Coast Hockey League's Orlando Solar Bears. Oh. I think just because it's the Solar Bears, I've always had a just a, a love for this jersey. And no matter what they do, I really can't hate it. I love... The just bold colors of this, the whole solar bear thing, I think I think the, the logo is just wild. And it, it's such an interesting hockey jersey that I've always just fallen in love with it. Yeah, OK. So I think, Chris, what you're making fun of is that I'm a Floridian originally. And I'm uh, originally from Jacksonville, which is about two and a half, three hours from Orlando. I like I like the color scheme. Again, we have a trifecta of purple here, dude. So we got purple, purple, purple and orange, orange, orange. So here I was in Clemson saying it didn't exist anywhere else, and then you gave me two other examples of it. But uh, I actually like the the one version of the jersey that's on this page you're showing me where there's a little bit of like a uh, kind of an aqua green blue thing going on. I like the uh, orange version, too. I actually think I like that logo better. So there's some cool stuff there. So you know what? I got to give it to something from Florida that that they did something well here in hockey. Yeah, I think it's 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 a good looking jersey. At number eight, we're gonna go back to the Western Hockey League and the Red Deer Rebels. I love their black jersey with the sticks behind the skull, and I love the just that red jersey with just the skull on it. Uh, this is my favorite one I've I think I've seen. Like this is straight up my number one. The black jersey is pretty good. The red jersey is my number one. I I think the logo is so cool. I like the simpleness. I like the classic lines. I love the color scheme. Uh, I think I'm a Red Deer Rebels fan now, just based on this jersey alone. Yeah, it's sharp. I even like the Red Deer within the, uh, within the what's that called? The collar. It's gorgeous. Oh, I didn't even see that. That's cool, too. Yeah, very, very cool jersey. At number seven, we're going to go to the AHL again and the Hershey Bears. Again, another jersey I've just always kind of loved. I Maybe I'm just used to this one. I like the Hershey Bears. They're the Caps farm team, obviously. But uh, no, this does, 
doesn't do a ton for me. I, maybe it's because, you know, I the whole diabetes, my aversion to chocolate. <laughs> no, I love chocolate. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's kind of brown, you know. I like it because it's, again, not a typical color you see in hockey. I like the brown and the white. I just think, and they make it look old school. I like the way they do the jersey, and I don't know. I just, uh, I love it. I've always, again, one of the jerseys I've, I've always led to. At number six, we're going to go to the FPHL and the Columbus River Dragons. I love their I love their their pop for the 2021 season with their super like aqua teal jerseys that just say Columbus on them. But I love their red jersey with the dragon head. I love them both, too. This is awesome. I think next to Red Deer, this is my number two. I love dragons. I think that's super cool. I like that on the red one. Everything is outlined in that teal color, which is really, really popping. And the all teal one, I probably wouldn't like to look at it every night, but it's a nice change up. Yeah, I think they're super sharp. And for the top five, we enter the USPHL premiere and the Fresno Monsters. The green and the white are awesome. I love the claw logo. I love the circular crest. I think everything they do with this jersey is just right. So I like the logo. I like the green. I would have probably looked for another uh, primary or contrasting color, like a red or an orange, just to, you know, kind of like with the Columbus River Dragons, just to make things pop out a little bit more, vice just white. But I do like it. Definitely doesn't make my top five, but it's a cool jersey for sure. I love it. I think it's sick. At number four, we're going to have to go to the National Hockey League and the San Jose Sharks. I've always talked Uh about how I love this jersey, and I know you're living there now. And this is a great jersey, man. It's going to be easy to become a fan of that team. Do you remember when the Sharks first came on the scene, seeing that and just being like, wow, there's a shark eating a stick? That's super cool. Yeah, I remember that. And I I think it's always stayed with me. That, That imprinted early in my hockey life. Uh, that and the lightning and i just thought that this jersey was just uh, gorgeous and it's still gorgeous it's in my opinion the best jersey in the national hockey league so surprise there's not another nhl jersey on this list all right well i'm gonna have to buy one of these to support my local team and i agree with you i think it's sharp yeah i think i love this jersey at number three we're, we're gonna go back to the use pho premiere and the brand new team out of buffalo the buffalo stampede I think this jersey, I love the logo. I love the pop of orange against the black, white, and gray. I think whoever designed this jersey, designed this logo, designed it all. And I've got to see this thing hit the ice. It's just as beautiful as it is in the concept images. Yeah, this is sweet. I really like it. I also think in the in the Buffalo, it's simultaneously like menacing and intimidating, but also kind of adorable. <laughs> Yeah, say. actually, I would I would agree with you. It, it is a it's a it's a cuddly stampede that's going to kill you. Yeah, but it's, it, I mean, it looks like, you know, it'd be at home in like a like a kid's cartoon show. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the tough but secretly sweet buffalo. Yeah, I like this one a lot, man. I like the color. I think that's the city. The tough but sweet buffalo. Yes. All right. I well, think that embodies the city, the city of good neighbors right there. Certainly embodies you. All right. Anyway. <laughs> All right. And for number two, we're going to go back to the NCAA and the Alaska Fairbanks Nanooks. I just I love the colors. I love the polar bear at the bottom of the A for Alaska. I just this jersey's just sharp. Uh, Sharp again. Not in my you know, like I, maybe you brought me on here just to have a contrasting viewpoint. Nothing compared to the Kachina, man. Oh, nowhere near it like this is the like second best jersey in north america and the kachina is pr- again probably top 10 worst jerseys in north america but we can do that episode later i hope i hope somebody sends you some serious listeners let's let's troll chris send him some mean stuff on twitter about how good the kachina is no don't don't no go for it you know go for it because you're going to be wrong 
any heat is good heat, man. If people are patrolling you, it still means they're out there. They're out there listening and interacting. So I'm happy to play that heel role. But uh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you know, I, it's okay. I love it. All right, and at number one, we're gonna stay in the NCAA and we're going to Long Island University Sharks. I love every single one of their jerseys. I love the white. I love the sky blue. I love the yellow. I just think they did everything right about this jersey. The second I saw it, I was in love with it. Best jersey in North American hockey. I like it a lot. I don't think it's, again, it's not my favorite, but I think everything you said is true. The colors are cool. They have cool, all three versions, they did a really good job, like creating a unified uh, appeal that's still different and interesting. So I can I can definitely see why you picked this one. It's a good one. Yeah, I think it's gorgeous. But uh, that said, we got to wrap this up. We do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHH Official to let us know what you think. And also be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. This was Pigeonhole Hockey with Chris and Ben. Always good to be here, Chris. I need to go buy some jerseys. Absolutely do it. And then give me that LIU jersey. And remember, always clear your crease. <laughs>